Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. We have a podcast today that is going to be what the people ordered. It's going to be shorter today because Matt said that I'm long-winded. Is that how you put it, Matt? No, but I don't think anyone should trust either of us when we say it's going to be short. Very true. We both <laughs> preach long sermons. But I just got done preaching maybe the shortest sermon in my career yesterday. The, the irony of this being <laughs> recorded <laughs> four days prior. The, no, how many it times into existence it's going to happen. This I've is, heard you speak it into existence a handful of times. Okay. All right. That's that's fair. That's a good point. That's good. That's well, the nice point. thing is when I go up and preach, uh, you've already set the tone for how long a sermon can be. <laughs> And you tell me, like, try to be around 40, 35, 40, 45 minutes, and I go, all right. And the, but you just preach for longer, so I just, as long as I stay under what you did. Let's, um, I think it's funny, uh, maybe it's not, maybe I, there's probably a point where I would have, like, taken it personally, but oh, there, there are different people who will fall asleep during, you know, while you're preaching, and, uh, Sometimes they'll even say something to you afterwards about it. Uh, recently, I had a guy come up and like, hey, listen, um, I didn't fall asleep because you were boring. I fell asleep because I just didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night. And But there's no way around. Like, well, I mean. You clearly fell asleep. Yeah, yeah. So, Which, no shame, man. If you yeah. fall asleep, like, sometimes the blood of Christ covers you as exactly. well. I had somebody, uh, and this is one of the first times after I, I preached at the district. And I kind of had a crisis of identity and everything with ministry from coming from Manhattan and wondering if I would ever preach again. And somebody fell asleep, and I noticed it obviously because right. we see we see you. Yeah. And then after the sermon, he walked up and went, "Hey, that was really good." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> when somebody tells me, gives me a compliment or says something encouraging, I don't know how to categorize it anymore. <laughs> Well, I mean, to to be fair, though, I think like anytime you're just sitting and listening to something and you're you're being quiet, like it just conjures up in your body like you want to just lay down. I remember growing up and like listening to preaching and it, it, it could it could be a great sermon. Did you say it makes you want to lay down? Yeah. I remember thinking while I was listening to preaching uh, growing up that this I'm in the perfect state to just lay down right now and i just wish i could have a blanket and a pillow in the pew and just or lay down on the floor and i could i could be out you know it's sermons i think have don't, have don't tendency send to, this one to your dad well no dad knows i mean he you know dad's a he's been in ministry long enough uh preaching long enough you know that people fall asleep that even even and this is the other thing is preaching is really weird because just because you think you're preaching a great sermon doesn't mean that everybody else is clicking with it or, or, or vibing with it because I will preach sometimes and uh, think that didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody could have stuck with me, even if they tried. Yeah. And someone will come up and just say that was great. They loved it and are really challenged by it. Mm-hmm. I said what? Wow. (laughs) And and sometimes it's, and that's, I think that's the Holy Spirit moving because it's like the Holy Spirit's rearranging your poor, poorly put together letters to form a really concise gospel centered sentence in their heart. 
and you're like, thank you. There's your uh, there's your quote from now two weeks ago. God can, uh, what is it, draw a straight line with straight crooked, lines, arrows. Crooked, crooked arrows? Crooked arrows? Yeah. Luther? Martin Luther, yep. He, God draws straight lines with crooked sticks. Crooked sticks. And uh, that's very true. Or uh, one I've heard a lot is... Uh, <clears throat> Even a broken clock is right two times a day when it comes to preachers. <laughs> All right, so I got a chance to do it something. Is, it's a humbling endeavor for sure, but we value it highly at the district, and uh, we, we take it we take it serious. So, yep. Um, speaking of preaching, for those that are a part of the district, if you listen to this, you're part of the district. You know that we've been going through Romans. We have been going through it since January, so we've been in it quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, as soon as we finish, we're going to start back in Romans 1. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a second. <laughs> well, wait through. Wait until we throw out the Romans pop quiz coming toward the end of the... Mm. <laughs> That's a joke. You have to there's say it. No... You have to answer the questions out loud, too, specifically there from the is... first couple chapters. Yeah. There's no pop quiz coming, um, but we hope that it has been helpful and that you've really like done what Romans is. You treasure it in your heart and, uh, and maybe, you know... Uh, Maybe you haven't read through it front to back, like like chapter one to chapter sixteen, and maybe before we jump into the next series, you need to make sure, like you know what, I've heard a lot, we've preached a lot on it, we've talked about it, but maybe you need to just read through mm-hmm. it um, and and uh, um, walk away with some things that God's laying on your heart and pointing out to you. It really is uh, what they say. I mean, some people say it's the greatest book in the Western canon. Mm-hmm. You say uh, that. Well, no, this, that's that's quoted from. There's lots of people that talk about that being like one of the yeah. strongest. Yeah, I, yeah it's yeah. pretty strong. It's pretty pretty strong candidate for sure. But after we after we're through Romans, which is going to be two two weeks. Yeah. From now, so our last Sunday in Romans is September 10th. That'll be our last Sunday. We'll wrap up Romans September 10th, and then. We are going to get into a series that um, is shorter than what we just did. It'll be a, an eight-week series, but it's just called Explore God. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about this one mm-hmm. for a couple of different reasons. One, this is a, a series that is literally what the title implies. It's about exploring God, who he is. Um, and it's asking these really big questions about God. So the questions that might be the most searched questions on the internet, like when somebody's Googling questions about God, um, we're going to talk about some of those questions that come up. And we're going we're gonna to invite friends and family members who are like, all they do is have questions about God to you, we'll invite them bring them to hear about us uh, and what we're talking through and exploring God. So some of the questions, do you have those? Uh, yeah, I do. I was also going to say and, and pay attention so that you can be the one that's having those questions, those conversations as well. It's good to yeah. bring people, but it's also yeah, um, amazing for us to be the ones who are having those discussions. First question, uh, does life have a purpose? So that'll be week one. We'll ask that question, does life have a purpose? Does it? And we'll explain it biblically why we believe that it does. And we'll talk about it and all, all that good stuff. So, Second, is there a God? Is there a God? What a big question. Yes. We, well, here's the funny thing. We might walk into church, we walk into church because we believe there is a God. But there are probably many people in your life who don't. 
How do you start that conversation with them and mm. engage with them? Three, why does God allow pain and suffering? So the third week will be a light one. That won't take any time at all. That's a quick answer. Move on. Just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> we, uh, just as a side, uh, when we were uh, in Manhattan at the end of every, like, uh, we called it central teaching. So it was, a, it was on Thursday evenings, but it's like a, our service. Um, we would open up for questions, comments, and concerns at the end of each sermon. And we had like, 25 year olds generally preaching so it's like just outside of college we've got it figured out but not really just a little bit more hmm. in front of a mo like almost entirely college students and yeah. someone would we'd pass a microphone around did you have what'd you think about that that i just vulnerably shared with you yeah. and i'd spent my entire week and my life trying to figure out how to communicate this well and then someone would ask a question and surely there'd be a couple that were off the rails and the first time we did it my buddy uh, Jake Douglas was teaching, and I raised my hand, and he handed me the microphone, and I don't know what he taught on, We're the book of John or something, yeah. and I just went, yes, I have one question. Why does God allow pain and suffering? <laughs> and I watched, I watched him turn white as a sheet. <laughs> I said, just kidding. Good job. Um, so that was the third week. The fourth one is, uh, is Christianity too narrow? which is a, a question that I think a lot of us um, have dealt with or hear. Fifth, is Jesus really God? There are people who hold to uh, some Bible teaching that would say uh, Jesus is man. Right. A good man. There's a, there, it's a really um, popular idea right now that you know Jesus is a good teacher mm -hmm. or he's a good uh, moral example. philosophical moral example of a leader. The archetype. Yeah. Jordan Peterson talks yeah, about that. But, but they don't go to that point of he is God in, incarnate. Mm -hmm. so. Next, is the Bible reliable? Man, yeah. I feel like we're just going to be flying through some very, very significant questions. Hopefully yep. it sparks some discussion in hubs and, and um, again, you yeah. can always ask us questions or yep. ask for more resources. Uh, and then the seventh one, can I know God personally? Yeah, I think that's after all of the apologetic type questions, I think it comes down to if this God is real, if I can get to a place where this God is real, then mm -hmm. you start to ask the questions, well, what is this God like? Yeah. And can I interact with him? And if so, in what way? And I think what gets actually kind of scary for people is not just that you can know him personally, but how closely you can mm -hmm. know him. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah. even that's that would be in my opinion, the most impactful and the biggest question there is like, okay, so even if, so let's say that you talk apologetics, apologetics means like to the defense of the faith, not like we're sorry that God exists. Yeah. Um, but like, let's say that, that we communicate that well, that, that, uh, the answers make a ton of sense and are cogent for everybody. Like the biggest question is like, can, okay, now what? Right. Can I know him? Can I walk with him? Yeah. I think it's going to be uh, an interesting walkthrough, but you're right. It's it's asking really big questions, and um, but but the whole thing is designed really to um, one. I think for the for the person who's already a believer, I think it's going to reinforce some things. Mm -hmm. um, uh, for those who are kind of tiptoeing, kind of between like I don't know if I if I'm all in yet. I think it's going to really make 
make the argument for all of these things a whole lot bolder and stronger. Um, something to wrestle with more. Yeah. It's funny because I think in our, in our culture, in our world, it's, it's easy. We kind of have like a question everything kind of mentality on stuff. And uh, we assume that everything religious is just put in the category of like, well, it's just opinion and it's, you know, you do your way, I do, I do mine. And so this is going to challenge a lot of that because it's going to point to the, the answer of like, Jesus has made Christianity narrow. And so what does that mean for how I live it out and how I talk about it, engage with it? And hopefully it'll be a good, like, equipping, empowering um, series for those who are in the middle of conversations at work or with friends or family who are almost like saying, well, there's your opinion and there's not. Well, how do we actually get to truth and fact and Mm -hmm. base things on that? So, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I think there's a temptation for some of us to be like, I'm a Christian. I don't (laughs) I already answered yes to these, but like to recognize that we are we're, we're missionaries where we live, work and play like to be able to answer these questions or at least be able to empathize with the questions that other people that, that are trying to kind of figure out the answers to is like, that's a huge thing. It's yeah. Not just, I have faith in there for it's figured right. out like that actually can draw some contempt from people that are ask, ask, asking the questions. Yeah. And if you think about like, we've talked about it in the last couple of weeks in Romans. Um, but when you think about uh, Paul and, where was every city he was going to on all of his missionary journeys? Like he goes, you know, he converts and he goes and spends time in Antioch and he's uh, growing in his knowledge and understanding of who Jesus is. Then he goes into all these cities and every city he goes into, where does he go to first? He goes to the synagogue, he goes to the temple courts, he goes to the city squares. And he's, he's trying to persuade people of the truth about who God is. Each of these questions would have been a part of the dialogue and the conversation. So much of Romans has been like, like exploring this this God that Paul thought he knew really, really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't ignorant to who God was. He was like making his living on persecuting Christians because they were misrepresenting the real God in right. his in his mind. And then when he's converted, he realized he realized here's Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of his faith, that has called him into a a life of trying to persuade people toward under, knowing and understanding this kingdom that Jesus has, has created and brought into the world, and um, and so it's it's a really uh, I think it's just going to be an extension on what we've already gone through with Romans to say now we're following Paul's example to go and in every place we go reason with people who are asking these questions and not just trying to force them to, to listen to us just because we're us, but to actually meet people where they're at and become all things, to all people so that we might win some, um, so genuine faith. Yeah. Um, something that was, so when I when I came to faith and was around a lot of friends that either were like apathetic about who God might be or agnostic or atheist or, or whatever, like my first my first thoughts were I need to convince these people that what I believe is right. Like I believed it, and then I was like, all right, I need to figure out. It's kind of it feels backwards to me, but like I I had 
and experience with the community of God, I, I, I had an inclination and knowledge just from how I was raised that, like, this is correct. And then finally I had, like, the straw that broke the camel's back and was like, fine, all right, I will follow you, God, which was a, the best decision I've ever made. But I yeah. didn't necessarily, like, jump into it with joy. And then my, as I got in that situation of following Jesus, my first step was I'm going to learn everything and convince everyone. And I remember, I remember reading something or hearing a sermon once when someone said, you can't, uh, you can't argue anyone into the kingdom of God. And I remember hearing that and going, challenge accepted. And then I never <laughs> have argued anyone <laughs> into the, the kingdom of God. But I think there's, so just a, as like a, from like a testimonial and, and as we, as we process through these things that are, are heavy questions, I think we can go into this these topics with the mentality like if i just find the right answer then i will be able to like use this as a weapon to beat people into my my belief system um or we can say this is too heady and i can't i can't explain the answers to these things with someone to, to someone who's asking the questions in my life um and i would warn against either of those responses like this is for the these are questions that we need to at the very least internally be able to have an answer for because there will be a day when um externally or internally your faith will be questioned either by yourself lies from the enemy or circumstances externally and like to be able to know why you believe what you believe peter talks about this like be able to give a good defense yeah. um is absolutely necessary yeah and then there's a part of it. You and I had a conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago where they were asking us to like sit down with a friend so we could answer questions. It's like a lot of times the answers to the questions, and this is not discounting the fact that we should talk about this. The answers to the questions don't necessarily answer the question. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. I could go to, is the Bible reliable? And I could hit you with facts that are convincing to me. Right. But there's probably something underneath yeah, and the fact that we have relationships with people, and we they see how our lives have been changed, like that locking arms with a coherent answer, even if it's not well expressed, is like that's a very powerful apologetic in and of itself. Yeah, no doubt. I, I it doesn't in no way is that series like gonna answer everybody's questions because really there's questions that that is underlying all of these questions. Right. Um, but the, there's a reason that everyone asks these questions repeatedly. It's mm. because there's a genuine curiosity. Is there a God? If so, what's he like? Mm-hmm. I think everybody, you know, kind of considers that. There, we, we have our senses, in essence, that are we use to discover um, the world around us. And um, it would make sense that we actually have those to discover literally yeah. who God is. Yeah. And... Uh, and, and, and so doing that and asking those questions is, is a good way for us as a church to just say, we're welcoming people into the conversation to just say, all I am, I'm not a believer, but I'm just curious mm-hmm. how you guys approach these questions or how you'll tackle these or, yeah. or I've got other questions, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, it's a conversation starter right. and a dialogue starter with people. Yeah. I was just thinking I don't know if it was this last week or a couple of weeks ago, you were preaching and you were talking about just that question, why? To, yeah, this last, ago. yeah, yeah. Um, the, the Being able to answer these questions or begin the dialogue even allows 
us to, as Christians, begin to ask the question back at those who are asking these questions, like, why yeah. do you ask? Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's a, huge. That's a very big question. Yeah. Cool. It's good stuff. Excited for it. Looking forward to it. Okay, so we, we kept it kind of short. We did. We, 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 we were men of our word. Well, Shortest podcast yes, we've be, had. Yes, be yes. <laughs> All right. See you guys.